What's up, church? How are we? Yes, all right. Hey, welcome everyone today. I'm Jeff. I'm one of our pastors on our staff. This is my beautiful bride, Christy. She has been helping the last few weeks. Always good to have her back helping with this conversation. So we are three weeks into our series called Major League Marriage. Today we're going to throw you a bit of a change up. So today's not going to be geared directly to marriage. It's going to be dealing with our homes. Now, how many of you guys would say you grew up in a home, right? You have a house, you had a home, all right, we're going to deal with you today, all right? So this is going to be a great conversation. Uh, We're going to deal with a word that Jesus used in the New Testament. Before I get into that, let me tell tell you real quick, a plug for next week. Next week is what? What's next Sunday? Anybody know? Mother's Day, all right? So next week, let me tell you this, we're going to have the greatest Mother's Day service we've ever had. It's going to be phenomenal, all right? So if you're a dude, what makes moms happy is going to church first before you golf, all right? So you got to come next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. We've got a very special guest in the house. I'll let that be a secret. Uh, it's, it's not Justin Timberlake, all right? But it's going to be a lot of fun next week. I'm going to have an interview on stage with a family that... Uh, uh, you're just going to want to be here to hear, okay? So um, let's see. I think there's one other thing I wanted to share with you. I just forgot what that was, so we'll skip that. It may come out later on in the message. All right, so Jesus gives eight, eight very important directions in his most famous sermon called Sermon on the Mount. He goes through blessed are and spells out several different ways that we could be blessed, that we could grow, that we could have some greater sanity And that was a message really geared towards everybody. Now, it was on a mountainside, and he had his listeners, but it was geared towards everyone. Today, we want to hone in on and making this apply to our homes. Uh, The change-up is, in this last few weeks, we've been talking about marriage predominantly or love relationships. Today, we want to open this wider to our homes, our our relationships around the home. Now, we know this. Uh, Jesus said that he said we'd be blessed if we were the peacemakers in our our home. So we're going to camp out on this word peacemakers today. And I just want to ask today, how many of you would say that your home doesn't always necessarily characterize peace? All right? If you're like my house, you guys are already raising your hands. If you're like my house, man, there's like, there's times it's, it's not peaceful. There's like strife. There's like Anger, there can be rage, there can be some bitterness, we can, have, we can be all over the place. Now, how many of you are honest would admit that you have the, a, a, somebody in your house, somebody maybe even in your, your larger family that's the crazy person? Everybody's got a crazy person, right? Everybody's got a crazy person in your family? How many of you guys would say, we have a crazy person in my, my family? Raise your hand, raise your hand. All right, now look around, keep them high. Everyone look around. Raise them high. All right, now here's the question. If you did not raise your hand, could that mean you are that crazy person? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right, so Jesus gives uh, this, this idea that if we pursue making peace, uh, and again, we're going to apply this to our homes, so let me just say making peace in your homes, you would be blessed. Now, several, actually not several years ago, a couple years ago, uh, I ruined a whole week. Every Friday night in my house uh, is Murphy Friday night. 
We try to make that like the holy uh, place where we do just Murphys and we go do something fun and crazy. It's just kind of like our Murphy night out. We go to the movies. We go hiking. We do fun stuff. But like a, uh, like a couple of years ago on a Friday night, I ruined the whole night. Me, myself, and I. All right? I ruined it. And it was over. I, I couldn't even remember until I asked Christy this morning, what was it over? She says it was over chocolate pudding. Now, I'm serious about my pudding cups, right? And it, this one wasn't even mine. But so it just so happened, like the six-pack got gone, and there was one left. And somebody, I, don't, I think it was maybe J.D., my youngest son, he was like, hey, this is J.D.'s. You know, like everyone, all the girls, and we took them all, but he was going to get the last one. So he got home, and it was gone. And he, like, he, he just like, just tears flew out of his, out of his face, and it made me mad. Like, I, I'm the person, when someone gets hurt, I don't empathize and cries. I, I get mad. Like, I want to, like, I want to, like, throw the gauntlet down and, like, solve this. So all of a sudden, this became, like, in the moment, like, the caper of where did the chocolate pudding go? And in my house, no one knew. And I'm like, somebody knows. So I was calling them down out from upstairs. Allie, come down here. Ash, come down here. Where did the pudding go, right? And no one knew. Christy, you know where it went? No, no one knew. And so I started calling everybody out. Eventually, within five minutes, I had everybody in my house crying. No one, no one even remembered what it was over. But I was guilty for doing just the opposite of what we're going to talk about today. All right? Have you ever done that before? Like, I was the guy, I had motives to, like, fix this, but I did anything but make peace in my household. And Jesus says, as we walk through this passage, I believe with all my heart, we see it all through Scripture, if we will take this overarching truth of giving our best effort at making peace, our homes will be blessed. Our homes will be blessed. So let me just read this to you. Uh, Matthew 5, 9 says this, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Now, little little backstory. Uh, in Hebrew, the word uh, peace is irene. In the New Testament, in Greek, it's called shalom. You ever heard someone say shalom before? That's like, hey, peace be with you, bro. Right? That's what that means. So just go up to somebody afterwards like, what's up? Shalom. Right? So it's just peace be with you. Now, what Jesus is trying to say here, now we, when we express the word peace, it just means like, hey, have a, have a nice day. Peace be with you type thing. But as Jesus tried to explain this, what we see in the original intent of this, this goes beyond have some niceties in your house. What Jesus really was intending was we wanted us to have the highest level of good, the highest level of peace. That was what was intended here, that we would have like the, the experience in our house that we would experience the highest level of goodness, happiness, and peace. And so uh, some of you today, as soon as we started talking about this, you started thinking, yeah, the person next to me, that's the person who brings it down. Or you started thinking, yeah, if we just didn't have our kids fighting all the time, then we'd have peace. Some of you think, yeah, if my mother-in-law wouldn't always tell me how to mother my kids, then we'd have peace. Or some of you right now, you begin to think of, yeah, I'd have peace if I wasn't, you know, haunted or still carrying this anger and hurt from something that I 
have for my mom or my dad. And I just have not been able to go there and forgive them for whatever they did. So let me just state up front that, that, that even from last hour, we had a packed house uh, this morning. And what I walked away hearing many people say that this is a huge issue for us. And so as we dive into this today, I believe, and I really feel today, is a day that some of your homes, uh, and I want to say it like this, I think God's going to heal some of your homes today. I really do. I think, I think God's going to do a work in your hearts and do a real work in our homes today. Now, let me break this down real quick. There's a difference between peacekeepers and peacemakers. So I you got some notes this morning. Let me show you this. Peacekeepers often avoid conflict. And I think usually in a household, you got somebody who's a peacekeeper, right? They, they, what they do is they avoid conflict to keep the peace. And you know how that plays out, right? They, they avoid the issue. They kind of skirt around the issue. And they show up at church with a big smile on their face. They're like, hey, everybody, we're all happy. We just had a massive fight, but we're all good. And then like a week goes on. They've never said anything. They've, they've just kind of they've stuffed it. And they've done this for years, perhaps. And then something triggers it. And, man, they just go berserk, right? They have one of these, like, anger management moments, right, where it's just ugly. It's blown out of portion when they could have done what I think Jesus instructs us to, us to, and that is to be a peacemaker. And here's the difference. Peacemakers embrace conflict to make peace. Now, some of you, I've heard a guy say before, yeah, I carry a peace, and I will make you, right? And that's not the intent here, right? It's not like I'm going to force you into something. But the intent of this is to not necessarily work around the issues, but work on the issues. To not avoid at all costs, to not sweep things under the rug and let them fester and build and build and build till there's an explosion someday. But because we have and we know and we have access to the Prince of Peace, Jesus then through Him, through His grace, through His love, how we present this to those around us and try to make peace, we can win at this. And our homes can be healthy. And we can basically move from uh, just maybe the idea of like, yeah, we have a Christian house to like a real Christ-centered home where we really, it's not a religious thing, uh, just, you know, we kind of follow God because we live in the South, but to a real Christ-following relational type thing where God can really make a lot of headway headway in our homes. When Jesus said those words, blessed are the peacemakers, he actually was kind of stepping on religion in that day. It was kind of a shocking statement for them. The way they had grown up was an eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. Somebody hits me, I hit them back. Somebody steals Mm -hmm. my goat, I steal their goat. Um, So when Jesus came and said, no, 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 blessed are the peacemakers, he was introducing a new idea to them. Romans 12 says it this way, don't repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. And verse 18 is important. It says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. See what our temptation is at human beings is for me to say peace in our home depends on Jeff or depends on the kids. We hear a lot of, yeah, but he said, he did, she did, 
um, we're wanting to blame somebody else. Mm. And what Jesus was introducing was a new idea, and it starts with you. I can't control what he does, but I can control my response. So he said, so, so what do peacemakers do? If it depends on you, what do they do? The first thing is this. Peacemakers tell the truth in love. Notice I didn't say they yell the truth in love. They tell the truth in love. In Ephesians 4.15, it says, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. See, as Jeff mentioned a minute ago, there's a difference between a Christian home and a Christ-centered home. Some of us think that a Christian home means there's no conflict ever in our home. And if there's conflict, there's a problem. I grew up in a home of peacekeepers. Nobody ever raised their voice at anybody, ever. I married an Irish Murphy. They solved problems immediately and openly. So we get married and I'm like, no, a Christian home means there can never be any conflict. Well, you put two different personalities in a male and female together, there is gonna be conflict. So a Christian, a Christ-centered home means we are becoming more like Christ. My 14-year-old daughter is here today, and she said something to me that rocked my world this week. We put her in a... See, 80% of America claims to be Christians. That doesn't mean that they are necessarily following Christ. We put her in this program that was a Christian program, and it wasn't a Christ-centered program. And the reason I know that is the name of Jesus was never mentioned. I didn't know. I was Christian. I'm like, it would be good for you. We'll sign you up. When she came out of that, she said to me, Mom, she said, if that is all I ever knew of Christianity... I wouldn't want to be a Christian. Hmm. I was like, really? Talk to me about that. And talk to me about what your dad and I, like, what are we doing right? What are we doing wrong? She's like, well, they prayed for the food, but come on, the food doesn't need help. Well, mine does sometimes at our house, but um, (laughs) they never, like, prayed for faith to do anything where God would actually have to show up. See, for a lot of us to have peace in our home, Jesus would actually have to be there. (laughs) He would have to be living in you and through you. And so don't fall to the misconception that a Christian home means there's never any conflict. No, following Christ, looking more like Christ means you speak the truth, but you speak it in love. Now, we are blessed and cursed with family members who are counselors. My brother and his wife are counselors. And so talk about the family members who tell you how to parent your kids. Um, But we have learned some very wonderful things from them. And this is what we have learned about speaking the truth in love. They have taught us never speak the truth during the middle of conflict. Like it is not good to tell somebody how to change while you're throwing a shoe at them. Okay. (laughs) Wait for a time. Like for Jeff, his rhythm is nighttime is not like I'm I'm a night owl, stay up all night. He is not. So for me to bring up conflict at night never goes well. I am wise when I wait until morning when he's fresh and I come very calmly. I praise him for being a great husband. And then I explain to him, hey, this is something you said or did kind of hurt my feelings. If I do it that way, he will immediately like, I never intended to do that. Yeah, I can fix that. I did that this week. It was like solved in 30 seconds. But when we're... Don't I don't know. even remember what that was. <laughs> Just kidding. Go ahead. Um, 
What we tend to do more often than not is when things escalate, because I'm the peacekeeper, I hate conflict, so I hold it in, I hold it in, until he's upset at me for something. And then, boy, I got all kinds of tricks in the bag that I can pull. Like, you don't even know the things that I've been holding in. And that is not healthy. No one is becoming more like Christ. So tell the truth in love. So that's the love difference between peacekeeping and, and peacemaking. Making. Yeah. Yes. It's tell good. the truth in really love good. at non-conflict times. That's good. Um, and I'll throw this out there. There's a scripture out there that says, never let the sun go down on your anger. It is figurative language. Like I remember that when we were young and married and like we were angry at midnight and we were trying to conflict solve and we were mad all night long. I mean, just escalate. We finally like, I guess, grew up and got a little wise about that. The principle is don't let a lot of time go by. But if nighttime is not your time to solve conflict, wait until morning and you've had a good night's sleep and you've had breakfast. Like 3 a.m. is just going to be a Jerry Springer moment. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Nobody wants that. You, you wait and think about when you're both at a good place and then, you know, positively walk into that. That's, that's the All wisest right. thing. So peacemakers tell the truth in love. Do it at a non-conflict time. And when you do it, try your best to attack the issue not and the not the person. It's good. All right. Remind each other, hey, we're on the same team. I'm for you. We want the same thing. We want peace in our home. The second thing that peacemakers do is they apologize when they are wrong. James 5.16 says, confess your sins to each other Hmm. and pray for each other so that you can be healed. You see the order? Confession and prayer comes before healing. A lot of us want healing in our home and in our hearts. And the peace that Jeff is talking about is like a wholeness, a wellness, a healing. That kind of healing comes only after confession and and after prayer and so sometimes we say as parents there's really only two things we do right we pray a lot for our kids because we make mistakes and we say I'm sorry a lot but I would take it one step further because if you're the one who is being offended you ever had somebody come to you and say they're sorry and it just felt cheap to you you're like easy for you to say you're sorry you're gonna do it again tomorrow like you're I'm sorry means nothing If you try taking that one step further, not just saying, I'm sorry, because if I bump into somebody and knock their coffee out of their hand, I say, I'm sorry for that mistake. When I've sinned against somebody, I need to take it one step further and say, I'm sorry, would you please forgive me? That's good. Well, when it comes to forgiveness, how many of you guys have been hurt? Uh, And for guys, it might be your anger is really your hurt, but, but you're angry. But how many of you guys have been angered or hurt or bruised up before? And the forgiveness piece is really hard. I mean, just be honest. Forgiveness is hard. All right. Here's the thing with forgiveness. Forgiveness is hard, but it's doable. And, and the reason I say it's doable, because I don't think on my own, uh, I have the power to be able to forgive anybody. Now, it's easy to forgive somebody if they, you know, You know, a little road rage, someone swerves at you. You might get mad, maybe upset you, but there's no woundedness, right? In an hour, when you get to lunch, you know, you forgot about it. Um, But when it comes to real relational stuff, when you love somebody and you've given their heart, you've given everything you've got to them and it's not been reciprocal, or you've given your life to someone and all of a sudden they've betrayed you, they've deceived you, and you thought you were a team, but you're not a team, Right? Uh, when it comes to that kind of stuff, that's when it becomes really difficult. But here's, 
Here's some power in this idea of forgiving. Now, number three is this. Forgive and let go. That, that's how you make peace. That's being intentional. You can't have peace without forgiving and letting go. And I would say this is probably the, this is the, the, this is the hinge point, uh, the, 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 you know, the quintessential main thought out of this whole, whole conversation today. If we can get this right, we'll find an enormous amount of peace in our relationships. And here's why I would say this. Jesus says this all in the New Testament. I think Paul begins to take what Jesus says and, and makes a statement here. He says this in Colossians 3.13. He says, bear with each other, which is a lot like what we talked about in the marriage relationship last week. It says love covers. That's love, my love. When she makes a mistake, I cover that, right? That's my role. If I blow it, she co- you know, we, we cover each other. I think this is the same thing. When we make mistakes, we're going to bear each other's struggles. We're going to bear their deficiencies. We're going to bear their problems, right? So uh, Paul says, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have any grievance against someone. So the question is how? Paul says this kind of like, here's how, with very little explanation. And I think I know why he gives very little explanation. But how? Paul says how, or I ask how. Paul's answer is, forgive as the Lord forgave you. I'm like, Thank you, Paul. That was really wonderful. Break that down. There is no breaking it down. Because apart from God being the great forgiver, I can't forgive. So here, here's, how, here's how I would explain this. Now, I have, I've asked permission uh, from Christy to share this with you. And I, I'm going to share with you something that I did that was that was, uh, you know, kind of a, a early, some early mistakes in the early days of our marriage that I, I think I'm going to share because I think it'll help some of you heal some hurts today. All right, so there, there was a day where I was carrying some guilt and some shame in the early days of our marriage from something that I was watching, all right? Back in the day, cable TV, you could find that, that great station you could find late night, guys, you know what I'm talking about? And I was, I, was, I was carrying some guilt and some shame. And I knew I was wrong, and I knew I'd wrong God, and I knew I'd wrong Christy. And I had married this, like, I mean, I got this wonderful Christian girl. How could I be watching what I'm watching? I, I mean, what is wrong with me? And I remember just being on a date with her, and at the end of that date, I took a big gulp, and I was like, I, I got to tell her. I cannot carry this any longer. I cannot keep a secret. And I remember just, I had just heard probably a week or two before that, that whatever you hold in secret masters you. And I thought, well, I mean, we're, we're, we're four years into this marriage. I don't want to be mastered. I don't want to ruin this. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to mess this up. But at the same token, I was scared to death to tell her to fess up. You know what I'm talking about? I, I was like, what if she doesn't forgive me? What, what if I just, what, wouldn't it be better for me just to continue to hide this? And go on and pretend it never happened? Well, one, it was ruining me and it, it, it had caused a, a rift in our marriage, but she had no idea what was going on. And so I pulled off into like a little gravel parking lot area, turned the car off, took a big gulp. And I mean, I was like, I was trembling. And I said, Christy, I've been watching some stuff late at night that's dishonoring to God and it's dishonoring to you. We talked about that for a minute. I explained it. I felt terrible. And I, I was waiting for, like, the blow. 
I, I expected, like, this is going to be a five-year repair job, right? This is going to be a five-year, this is going to be a, this is going to be a, a, a defining moment. And, and she shed a tear, I shed a tear, and then all at once, Christy said, she said, baby, I forgive you. And I just, I just had a meltdown that I could be forgiven. And I tell you what, that moment right there where I was forgiven paved the rest of the way of our marriage. Because whenever we do wrong, because we've, wrong, we've wronged each other before, we are, hey, we were not born celestial. I don't know if you guys know that. When I talk to you about being forgiven or forgiving one another, I think a lot of you think, well, he's the preacher. Come on. I mean, you guys don't even live in the real world. No, no. We are you. I mean, we talk all the time about no perfect people allowed. That's this church. And some of you, you've had your hearts just totally rearranged by God. But this, this is a piece that we've got to get right. Let me tell you how Christy was able to forgive me. And this is what I remember some of what she said, baby. I can forgive you because I know I'm a sinner too. And if I don't forgive you, essentially I'm saying that I've never wronged anyone. I've never wronged God. And what she understood that day was God forgave her. And from that moment on, I mean, I learned something from my wife about Jesus. No matter what, God loves me. No matter what we do, God loves me. I cannot earn God's love. He just loves me. And I think the deal with this forgiveness piece is to the degree that I can own up that I'm a sinful person and I can understand that God, God's grace is sufficient and that He, by what He did on the cross, paid for all of our sins and by dying on the cross made me right with God. And so to the degree, here it is, to the degree that I understand God's grace and forgiveness, to that degree can I forgive Christy? Can I forgive myself? Can, I, can we forgive each other? So the reason I say it's doable, it's not through me. It's not through Christy. It's we can only forgive through Jesus. You see, this whole peacemaking thing, and I say making because Jesus said, if we're going to live and have homes that have peace that passes all understanding like Jesus wanted us to have, it's going to be hinged on this idea of forgiving one another. Paul said, forgive as Christ has forgiven us. So let me ask you this. What haven't you forgiven somebody for? And could it be maybe you've never received God's forgiveness? Or maybe, just maybe, I'm not calling you out saying you're not a Christian, you're not saved. Maybe you're not. And maybe today's the day that you would say, yeah, I need God's forgiveness. But maybe you're a Christ follower, and you've kind of forgotten along the way that you needed God's forgiveness to have that right standing with God. Maybe you've forgotten along the way of how you needed God's forgiveness. And I think to that degree, when you really grasp, we need His forgiveness to that degree, can you forgive others? We want to give you hope today um, that sometimes the greatest conflict in your home 
is the is not a mistake. Sometimes the the thing that you are holding against somebody else that you feel like you've been so wronged and you're so hurt, sometimes the greatest conflict in your home is the very thing that God is going to use for you to know how big he is, how loving he is, and how much power you have in him. So don't be upset because your home is full of conflict and not full of peace. It may be the very thing God needed to get your attention. The other thing that I always say, especially to women, women, but to anybody is this, how could I possibly hold something against Jeff that God has forgiven him for? I mean, when Jesus died on the cross, do I believe that that was complete and enough? If I'm counting on that to go to heaven someday, then how can I turn around and hold one of Jeff's sins against him when God himself isn't holding it? Like, who am I to to hold it against him when God has let it go? And the last thing I would say to you, because there are times where you've been wounded and you will never get a confession Maybe you were wounded by a parent who's no longer living and your heart is broken and they are not even here on this earth to ever say, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? Or maybe you've been wounded by somebody Mm, who is not even capable. They're not even healthy enough to extend love and forgiveness to you. In those situations, there is something that Jesus said on the cross that I don't know why it's just practical and it helps me. I say it out loud sometimes. When he was on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And sometimes just saying those words, it's like a weight comes off. Sometimes they really don't even know they've hurt you. I'm sure my kids have had to say that for times I've hurt them, and I don't even realize I've hurt them. That's good. As long as it depends on you, do what you can do to live in peace with everyone. Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Let's pray. Lord, we, uh, we close, we pause here in this last moment, God, and I believe that there are, there are many of us here today that need, need this, and we have some hurt. We've got some struggle. There's some major tension. There's some secrets. There's some issues of forgiveness here, God, and, 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 We believe that your spirit is present. We believe you're with us. We believe you can help us have peace in our homes. So we just ask, God, that you would give us strength right now. You'd give us courage. You'd allow us to begin to take and poke around in some areas, God, maybe we have not messed with before. And, God, we ask you to help us to take a step of faith to boldly go maybe where we've never gone before. And I just want to ask this question, where every head's bowed and all eyes are closed, I want to ask you a couple questions today. The first is this, how many of you would say today, by just raising your hand, we won't call you out, but if you'd like to raise your hand on this, but you would say, I want to be a peacemaker through the power of God. That's me. Jeff, pray for me today. Hands everywhere. Raise them high. Just like in a declaration, God, that's me and that's what I need today. And let me ask a second question. How many of you in your family, you would say there is hurt and you are in need of some healing today? God, help me. There's some bruised hurt and pain, and I've got to have some help from you. Hands everywhere. Hands everywhere. Uh, Lord, we just, we take this moment, 
And God, we know you left us on this planet. We have each other, and we have these relationships, God, that you that you instituted. And God, sin's in the world. We don't live in a perfect place any longer. That happened like on day one, God, when you put people on this planet. God, we don't live, we live in a broken system. We're broken people. We're not perfect. God, so on our own, we can't, we can't, we can't find peace. So Lord, I pray that, that you would help us today to just be bold, to have courage, and open our hearts to say, God, I want you to have victory over here. I don't want to hold this secret any longer. God, help me, help me win in this area. God, help me with this bruise. Help me with this scar. Give me your grace. Let me see you for who you are. And God, give me your power, your strength to have peace, to find peace, to forgive. God, help us. And let me ask the third question today. The third question is this. How many of you would say, today, you need straight up peace with God? I need salvation. Jesus, I'm here. You brought me here today because I need to be made right with God. I need him to forgive me. I want to be a Christian, and I want to surrender my heart and life to him today. Hands all over the place. Yes, yes, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, we pause, and we, in our hearts, we bow the knee, and we we confess that Jesus is Lord. We believe, God, we confess together as a group that Jesus is the Savior of the world. We believe that he was God's perfect son. God, we believe that you uh, are a just and perfect and holy God, but God, thank you so much that you sent Jesus to bring justice on our behalf. Lord, we recognize that we cannot be good enough to have heaven. We cannot be good enough to be forgiven. So Lord, we bow the knee right now. And we, we just state plainly, Jesus, I'm asking you to, to be the leader and forgiver of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Allow me to have a home with you. And God, I'm asking you to be my heavenly Father and my perfect forgiver today. Give me your grace. Give me your forgiveness. God, we believe, as Scripture says, if we believe in our hearts, confess with our mouths, Scripture says we will be saved. And God, we celebrate today that heaven's going to be more crowded because of you being with us today. So God, we love you. We thank you for that. In your name we pray. Everybody said amen. Let's just thank the Lord today for what he's done. We're going to close a little bit different today. We've got three minutes on the clock. And I want to do something really, really special. We're going to invite our host teams to come up, and we're going to close with communion today. For a lot of you that are, that are new to faith and just kicking even tires to kind of figuring out church and really understanding there is a, all that there is to know about God, for those of us who are followers, we believe that Jesus is our Savior we do something every now and then uh, by taking a, a little cup. Ours are kind of little package deals that you peel open. It's got a little wafer and some grape juice. And what I want to do with, with our, our church here in just a moment is I would like for us today to be reminded 
that I don't stand on Jeff Murphy's ability to be good enough, to earn my way to God. I had to have Jesus love me enough to say, I'm going to come into your life and forgive you from all your junk and love you even in spite of all your deficiencies. And so today in this next moment, if you feel like that, I want you to peel open this little package, pull out the wafer, and in this last song, I'd like for you to have a moment with God where you say thank you. Will you just say, God, thank you that you love me enough to send Jesus who knew my name, knew I was a sinner before he came and died, and by what he did, gives me life, gives me hope, gives me strength, gives me the ability through him to live in peace with God and with our Heavenly Father. So today, let's celebrate we have peace in Jesus. So in just a moment, these guys, you guys go ahead and start passing those out. In just a moment, when you get this wafer, when you get this juice, at your own leisure, somewhere in this song, you might have a moment where you pray and say thank you. You might lean over to your spouse or your friend, and you might want to say thanks together. But we want to have a moment where we worship God and say thanks for His grace and His forgiveness. People, we're saved. I can't believe that I have a God who would also Give me heaven. Would it be cool if in this last moment Jesus came back and we got to go to heaven and we were here sipping on grape juice and a wafer in church? So I hope today this would be a sweet moment between you and God where you remember what he's done for you.